you're affected by anything you hear on this podcast, get in touch via manblues at gmx.com or at manbluesuk on Twitter. We're not qualified to help, but we can listen. Please don't suffer in silence. Hi, I'm Leon Deggs, and you're listening to Man Blues. In this week's show, we're talking about women's complaints. Well, not so much women's complaints, that's not fair. Women's problems. So, it kind of stems from the age-old question of why don't men understand women? It's one of the complaints that you hear women say, a lot of men, you know, my husband just doesn't understand me. And the suggestion or the counter-suggestion is that men are simpler to understand. I mean, we are just as complicated as you. Don't be confusing us not understanding how your body works with us being simple. Because we're just equally as confusing and complicated as women are. Men are not straightforward creatures. We might come across as being so, but we're not necessarily helped at all by the sort of standards that are set out there by society, the sort of measures that are put in place that prevent us from succeeding at understanding and empathising and sympathising with women. So I did some research immediately into, basically if you type in why don't men understand women, um, there's a beautiful explanation for it. It's about the men's amygdala. So I'm just going to read that for you from the website I found. The amygdala is a brain region tied to emotions, empathy and fear. And it's activated more strongly in response to men's eyes. In addition, other brain regions tied to emotion and behaviour didn't activate as much when men looked at women's eyes. The findings suggest that men are worse at reading women's emotions. That's pretty true. I was in a meeting just this week at work and someone was talking about how it's not appropriate to say, I'm fine. Because you need to delve into what is actually going on with you at the moment. I disagreed with it a little bit because the I'm fine kind of answer to how are you, someone says how are you, I'm fine, it's basically for me shorthand to say I'm not fine but I don't want to talk about it or I'm not fine but I'm not discussing it with you. Whereas this woman was saying uh, on this meeting that she believed that saying I'm fine is wrong, we should be talking about what we're going through. And one of the chaps popped up in the chat, um, as men do thinking they're funny he popped up in the chat and he said if I ask my wife uh, how she's doing and she says I'm fine I know something's wrong because she's usually sat there with folded arms and a scowl on her face yeah okay I can go along with that women are not very good at enunciating for us men they're not very good at enunciating their problems and their issues and we often find out far too late that something was wrong and we could have done something about it But in our defence, if we ask you, how are you, and you say, I'm fine with folded arms in that kind of snippy, snotty way, and then you go to bed and you cry, how can that be on us? We asked you a direct question, we got an indirect answer. If you ask me how I am and I say, yeah, I'm okay, that's because, yeah, I'm okay. If you ask me how I am and I say, I feel a bit tired, then guess what? I'm tired. If I ask you how you are and you say you're fine when you're not fine, How can that blame be put on me? One thing I cannot stand about social media, and it's one of the reasons why I'm not on Facebook and why I'm not on other social media, is when people put those posts out there that literally just say, 
Oh, I've had an awful day. <sighs> Which leaves you to kind of go, oh no, hon, what's the problem? And then immediately this person's got your attention on them and they're focusing on them. Oh, well, I've just had this, I can't stand that. And sometimes when I get these questions, you know, and I say to my wife, how are you? And I get the, yeah, I'm fine. And then it's quite clear that she's not. I just think, well, I've asked. There's no more due diligence I can do than to ask. If you're not going to respond correctly or you don't think now's the time, then say so. Don't leave us floundering in the dark. Don't leave us guessing or second guessing what the problem is. Because guess what? If you are particularly aggrieved and angry and upset at that particular moment, and I keep going, but you're not though, are you? You're not fine, are you? What's wrong? What is actually wrong? Tell me what's wrong. You're just going to get more angry unnecessarily. So respond with, I'm not feeling great, but can we talk about it tomorrow? Because guess what? That helps everybody because I now know that I need to prepare myself to understand what you're going through and you know that we're going to be chasing this up and it's okay and I'm not going to keep pestering. Don't come home from work and start telling me about Jackie and telling me what she said and what she did because I will not understand the nuances of that conversation. Not because I'm an emotional rock. And by which I mean, I have as many emotions as a piece of stone. I don't mean that. What I mean is, I'm not going to understand what you're telling me. My sister has this beautiful little thing that she does. If she wants to make somebody sound worse in a story, she will put an emphasis on that person's words that make them sound bad. If she wants to make somebody sound good, she'll put positive spin on those words. So for instance, somebody might just say, "Um, can you move your car? When my sister wants to tell that story, she'll say, and then she stormed up to me and goes, can you move your car? Because she likes to put the emphasis on the other person being bad. I listen to those stories and I just go, well, no, that never happened. That person doesn't speak to you like that. Stop bringing emotion into a story when there was no emotion to bring in. It's only because I've known her for 49 years that I know when she's doing this. I don't know other women as well as I know my sister. My wife, I've known her for 25 years. I kind of, you know, you you start to learn. It's taken me this long to understand different things that my wife says to me and different things my sister says to me because it takes that long because women think that they talk a lot. They think that they talk about their emotions, but they're not clear. They're not concise and they are not telling me what the problem is. Even if they don't want to talk about it, the first thing they should say is, not right now. That's fine. But I wasn't talking about that. I wasn't talking about why we don't understand women. I was actually talking about why we don't understand women's problems. So women's problems, I take to mean those other things that they go through that we cannot help them with. And I mean specifically periods. Now, it's a very strange thing for somebody to be talking about on a podcast about men's mental health. I understand that. The point is, this does affect my mental health because I know my wife doesn't feel great and I don't understand one little bit what's going on. I know the biology of it. I know why it happens every four weeks. I don't know the impact it has on her body. I don't know how she feels three weeks after. I don't know how she feels one week before. I don't know any of it because it's never communicated and men never have it explained to them. We've all been through the education system. I would imagine there's very few people listening to this who are still in primary school or kindergarten. Those of us that have been through education will remember that one day when the girls were kept behind in the, in the morning assembly and they had the, I don't know, whatever they had explained to them. And the reason I don't know is because I wasn't allowed to stay behind for that discussion that was given to the girls. 
I can only assume the girls had it explained to them what periods are, how to use tampons or sanitary towels, how to keep yourself, you know, feminine hygiene, all that stuff. I assume that's what they were told, but I can only guess because I wasn't there. Why wasn't I there? Okay, the teachers may have taken the decision, if we bring in 11-year-old boys and tell them this thing about these girls are going to be bleeding and blah, 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 it's just going to be fuel for these boys to be horrible to the girls. I can see that because 11 year old boys are just as stupid as 50 year old boys. Men never really grow up. However, is it not worse that we're left to guess? Because as a man, I know that when I was growing up, until I actually had my first ejaculation, I had no idea how much to expect. I just had no idea of the volume. But of course, some boys are slightly further ahead, they're further along the road, and there's a great old joke from a, a TV sitcom in the UK called Game On where one of the protagonists is being picked on at school and they're basically saying, oh yeah, uh, so when I come, I come about a pint. Yeah, what about you? Yeah, about a pint and a half. And then say, oh, I bet Martin, Martin probably only gets a tiny girly dribble. So they start going, oh, tiny girly dribble, tiny girly dribble. And then he says, no, 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 I come like the falls. But that's the point. Until Martin has his first ejaculation, which isn't discussed in that particular sitcom, until he has his first ejaculation, he has no idea of the volume. Now, spin that on its head and look at it from the other side, that men, boys, don't have it explained to them what periods are. We have no idea what they do, how long they last, how long the women actually bleed for. And because we know that all bodies are different, it could very well be that one of those guys does have a large ejaculation to the other guy who doesn't. Because that's nature, that's how it works. But we were left with no information. We had nothing at all to go with. So all we had was our own speculation. Now, if you imagine that what boys are talking about as boys' ejaculation volumes, if you were to imagine that boys were thinking that women were bleeding the same in terms of volume that the men are supposed to be ejaculating, so when they're saying, oh yeah, I, I come about a pint, I come about a pint and a half, imagine if the women were losing a pint and a half of blood every four weeks. Because we didn't have the knowledge and because we didn't have the understanding, we were left to flounder. I had older sisters. Do you think I'm genuinely going to go and ask them and say, uh, how does your period work? Of course not. And even now, as I'm getting into my 50s, I still don't really know about the volume, about how much comes out. And I know that the women are mortified and they are embarrassed about their periods. 50% of them, according to a recent survey. And you can understand that. But men just aren't given the information to correctly arm themselves in the discussion. And I just don't think that's right. So I was thinking about, I just didn't understand. I mean, I've kind of given my own explanation for it, but I just didn't understand why there was the need to keep it secret from the boys. Because that's what it was. It was a secret. These girls were kept behind for their assembly. Here's the thing. When it happened in my year seven as I think it was at the time when it happened and the girls were kept aside and I think oh yeah we're probably having something explained to them that we don't need explaining to us that's cool I genuinely expected that the next day the boys would be kept behind and whatever conversation was given to the girls was then given to the boys because I genuinely thought well whatever they're telling the girls they'll need to tell us so they're telling the girls today because it's easier keep it in smaller groups reduce the questions down to just that particular tranche of people and I thought well they'll tell us tomorrow and then when I came into school the next day and we had the assembly and we were all told to file out, I thought, okay, maybe not today, maybe next week. 
and I waited five years for that particular assembly where the men, the boys and the men were told to stay behind so we could have the conversation that the girls had in year seven. Never happened. I've never had it explained to me how a period works. I've never had it explained to me how a tampon works. I can understand how a sanitary towel works, but I've never understood the build-up, uh, the apparent sort of thing that goes out because every single body is different. Uh, you hear that some women become more sexually frustrated as they approach their period. You hear that some women become more sexually liberated. They, they feel more horny and more excitable. There's all kinds of things you hear, and that's the thing about the human body. It's different for everybody. And of course, when you start extrapolating that out to every single female human being on the planet, you can pretty much guarantee you're going to have outliers. There are going to be women who have very heavy flows. You're going to have women who have just a tiny little dribble. For example, one of my son's friends from school, uh, she had incredible debilitating stomach cramps. And my wife has never suffered from that. She's always been very lucky. But this girl, when I met her, she was 15. And I just think, you poor, poor thing. You're 15 and you're getting these horrible cramps. You're going to be having them until you're in your 50s. And that's just awful. And that's something that I can not help with. I just can't help. And I can't even understand what she's going through because I've never experienced any pain like it. No one has ever explained what it is. We get down to the whole thing about women have got a higher pain threshold than men, etc., etc. I understand that. But if you tell me it feels like you're being stabbed, I kind of got an idea what it feels like to be stabbed. I can't do anything, I can only sympathise. So when I looked into the positivity of it, because I like to put a little bit of positivity on the end of these episodes just to help out, of course, there's a lot of research you can do and there are some great websites out there. I'm going to stick one in the blurb for, the, for this particular episode. I found it really, really good. It had some really interesting questions in there. It explained quite a lot of things. It even explained the difference between tampons and sanitary towels. Not to come off as being some kind of, uh, yeah, 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 I know this. Um, I just know it's a preference thing. But these are all things that men are just not they just don't have it explained to them we just don't know so there is help out there and I do truly believe genuinely that we need to understand this men need to understand this not because of anything other than it's just better to know than not know it's better that we can help we can see what she's going through we can understand it when she starts getting upset if she gets upset some people have PMT if we know that the, our partner our wife our daughters if they have that we can deal with it. We can adjust our behavior so we can help. But when we're left in the dark and we're not given any explanation, we can't help, we're useless. And we, are, we prove that every single time that you have your period because we just come across as idiots. So as I said, we need to look at it from their side. Every four weeks they're in pain and they know it's happening. They know it's coming. They know when they're getting their period, they can tell. But what I do know is, is that four weekly cycle, women are going through a lot and men aren't. So I'm Leon Deggs and I'm trying hard to understand. Do you need a hot water bottle? Thank you for listening. <laughs>